I I uh, I'm looking forward to in ten years when uh, I try to audition for something for DC and this this bridge is just burned immediately. This is Whatever. gonna come back to haunt us so bad. Uh, yeah, that happened. <laughs> oh, I don't fucking uh, care. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> um. Alright, hi everybody, welcome back to Titanomaki. Welcome back, we're here still somehow. <laughs> yep, we're we're almost there. I'm Brad. I'm Hayden. And uh, this is the show where we talk about DC Titans, the uh, live action original series that DC is putting out that bastardizes Teen Titans. Yep. Yep. Um, it is. Today, today we're covering episode 8. Uh, we are, again, now kind of like three quarters of the way through yeah we're almost like we're more than halfway through so fuck yeah bitch yeah just uh i think three more episodes yeah i think three so. more episodes yeah three more three more episodes through. of the first season at least fuck yeah bitch oh thank goodness <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm like but i will be so honest i'm kind of interested to see what atrocities season two commits that's also true. Did you, um, so we, we spoke about this last time and, uh, well, not, not last time, but last time we watched an episode, not last time for you folks out there. Uh, we were vaguely aware that there was another Titans podcast, like an official Titans podcast. Hayden, did you get a chance to sit down and uh, listen to no, the Titans podcast? Because I've been preparing for convention appearances, which are important, more important than Titans. <laughs> That's that's very true. <laughs> uh, there there's like a there's like a mirror universe uh, version of our podcast where uh, it's it's I believe just officially called the Titans podcast. I think so. Yeah. What they do is they sit down with people who are you know staff on the show, and again, presumably they just sit there and talk about oh I really like this actor, and then he did a really good performance on this episode, and. You know, we really tried to be faithful to the comics. Well, you know, uh, the hosts are going, yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, yeah, then they yes. probably tell staff stories, stuff from the set, stories like anecdotes from their childhood or whatever. And uh, then they <laughs> what got them to this the point? <laughs> yeah. And uh, probably shit like, oh, you know, uh, when we were designing the set, I was talking to, you know, Matt over in production. And then we, we tried to make sure that the filter that we used on the uh, on the camera would be. You know, like this, and I, I, I have to imagine that's that because I can't imagine a lot of really critical <laughs> conversations uh, about uh, this show being well written. Um, yeah, because it's okay. <laughs> I have some feelings. <laughs> yep. Uh, this episode in particular, also uh, not as bad as the last episode. No, it it was actually refreshingly half quarter decent yes the the donna stuff was all right every everything else was uh pretty bad yeah no donna like we'll get into it but i genuinely enjoyed donna's character i'm like can i have a series about her instead but you know what i'm yeah. gonna say um if we got a series about her like a full series it would probably suck oh yeah no actually yeah but now that you put it like that it would probably suck yeah ass. listen i I liked her character, but I don't want to think about how bad it would be. That's true. We need to watch Doom Patrol still. I think it's run by different people. 
I think so, yeah. Isn't it a different cast? Uh, I know Brendan Fraser is in it still, so he's still Robot Man. Okay, cool. I That's believe the only everybody reason. else is different. I, okay, I will say, everyone was really good, but right. um, Brendan Fraser was the highlight for me just because I love him so much. I fucking love Brendan Fraser. This is a pro Brendan Fraser podcast. Brandon Fraser, come on our show. We, <laughs> just hey, you know, Titans. we're going shit talk Titans, but like, you know? Yep. Hey, hey, he's only in one episode. He's got nothing to worry about. Um. Okay, Uh. so we, we shit talk the other Titans podcast unnecessarily, which is always a good start. Hey, that's what we do here. We shit talk everything regarding this show. That's true. Nothing, there's that's true. nothing new there. So... Uh, Oh, Speaking God. of DC criticism, <laughs> uh, top of the notes I have here, um, go check out, uh, there's a YouTube channel called Nerdstalgic, uh, spelled like nostalgic, but with nerd instead of no. Uh, he has a video called The Weird Paradox of Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. It is very, very good in explaining why Teen Titans Go is sort of really memeable. Um, there's lots of clips of it that get shared all over social media of, you know, the characters dancing or doing silly things, but... Because of that, it sort of betrays the spirit of Teen Titans because it seems like it's going, it's coming from a very different place creatively. It's just, it's a really good video and it really uh, sort of hones in on what we've spoken about before in relation to Teen Titans Go and Teen Titans. Yeah. I loved the video. Like, I was quiet the whole time, which is, for me, I'm like, okay, that means I'm invested. But God. <laughs> That's true. I I uh, I I don't want to give it all away here. Uh, it's it's like only nine minutes, and it is absolutely worth all of that time for you if you like Teen Titans. It's so um, good. Like it's honestly, it um, it paralleled in a more astute way, uh, kind of what we do here, how we talk about like the hit and miss of like what it does right versus like what it does wrong. But it's like it's so good. What a good video. It's very, very I good. I'm a huge video essay fan and like watching retrospectives, stuff like that. Which is why like Brad, for those of you who don't know, writes really, really good video essays. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm not just saying that because you're my friend. It's a fucking fact. <laughs> but um Brad writes amazing video essays and just like if you enjoyed the video essay on Teen Titans versus Teen Titans Go, maybe go check out Brad's stuff, which I will plug at the end or just look up black mage brad or wherever the fuck you post it do you post it on rightly so yes it is okay it's on rightly so and rightly so.com go check it out it's so good uh but yeah there's my plug thank you thank you um so one one last note that i have here in the uh in the pre-watch notes just regarding the other podcast is if we if we did bring up if it is brendan fraser or whoever we we will do you the courtesy of uh <laughs> if you if you dare come onto our podcast, uh, we will mask your voice like you're in the fucking witness protection program. <laughs> so you can come on and you can be like, yeah, the whole production process was completely terrible. Every step of it was like, you know, so on and so forth. We'll, we'll pitch you down. We'll, pitch we'll protect down. your identity. We'll put like way too many filters on it. Like we're trying to make shadow sound effects for Persona. Yeah, put, exactly. Like a bad fandom, you know, as you do. <laughs> We, we will make sure that you are safe to tell your story. Um, so, uh, going back to things that are real and not something that absolutely will not happen. <laughs> no one is going to reach out to us about that. Oh, um, I love it. 
So, uh, here in Titans World, uh, I spoke last time about how the Asylum episode seemed to have absolutely nothing to do with the previous episode where Richie, uh, went back to Gotham to go, you know, defeat the dude who was trying to kill all of the, uh, circus members from, uh, whenever he was in the, uh, Grayson's Flying Circus. Or Flying Grayson Circus. Whatever. Yes. It doesn't matter. Um... So, I had noted back then, I didn't look it up, but these were probably episodes written by different people, so they probably weren't even aware what had happened in the last episode, which is why Richie doesn't talk about, you know, all of his old family members really being murdered with, you know, Rachel or uh, Starfire, or, you know, even a passing comment to Beast Boy. That's, uh, because that's 100% true. Richard Hatem and Jeffrey David Thomas wrote episode six, where he went back to Gotham, Brian Edward Hill and Greg Walker wrote episode seven. Okay. So that's why there's no reference to it. Weird. So weird. <laughs> I'm like, that's, I'm uh, fine with... Titans. I, the thing is, I'm fine with there being different writers for each episode. That's so normal. Like, that's really normal for right. TV. But the thing is, they gotta communicate. Yeah, and it's... Titans is weird where it, just it feels seems like... like they don't communicate with each other so yes i would agree and i i think that um i believe the showrunner is greg walker who i think is the showrunner from x files or like a producer i can't quite remember right now um x files is built in such a way that like they they do a mystery and then they go home like every episode there's occasionally two parters but like 90 percent of the time it's oh hey we're gonna do a mystery and then we're gonna just go back to the fbi building um Titans isn't really built for that because it's one continuous storyline that doesn't really have any interruptions. So you can't do, like, monster of the week type shit. So it's it's really baffling that they sort of wrote it in that way where they could have different writers for every episode because it's, it's sort of like, um, how should I put it? It's sort of like being like, all right, I'm going to tell you a, a story that goes from A to B, but then, like, I, I don't know what's going to happen in between these specific things. And uh, I'm just going to let other people sort of make up what happens in between the parts that I write. Even though I'm not going to show them what those parts are. Yeah, and I'm not going to look so at what they wrote. it's so fucking weird. So it feels really disjointed. And yeah. I don't think that works. It doesn't work at all. And I think that's why. Like, we've commented before in previous episodes about, like, how the show does just feel so disjointed and it feels like it jumps around so much and it doesn't know what it wants to be and that would be why yeah i'm sure that that would definitely be a contributing factor uh so uh those of you out there i don't know if i'd have liked it better if titans had been like a monster of the week type show where they just you know fight like the uh like the um teen titan show arguably where most of the time outside of like you know story-based episodes it was more standalones yeah it's it's a series of standalone episodes where at the end they just sort of go back to titan's tower the only thing you really need to worry about in terms of continuity for teen titans at the very least most of the time if you're doing a standalone episode is uh probably make reference to the fact that silky is there after silky is there in season two make reference to the fact that tara is there when tara is there yeah um yeah, that's that's pretty much all I think you really need to worry about for the standalones. I I'd guess that after well, 
I'd argue that after season four, maybe have Raven be a little bit better with the powers thing, but that's that's about it. Uh, and even then, in season five, they barely do that, so they even broke that rule. Um, so uh, <laughs> that's dissecting the problem with just how sort of Titans is written. Yeah, it's. Uh, I honestly think um, either have a fully for this show, they should have had like a fully mapped out storyline where they wanted to go, what the story beats were going to be, what the character arcs kind of needed to go in order for them to meet their conclusion of season one. But we're almost at the end of the season and the next episode is a filler. It's Yeah, it's baffling. It's. We haven't watched it yet, but it's a flashback. Back, it's like a backstory episode for Hawk and Dove, who we haven't seen. Yeah, we haven't seen. We haven't seen I, since like what episode three, episode two. two, three? Because like uh, Hawk, not Hawk, Dove got like thrown off the fucking building by the nuclear family. Yeah, she got thrown through her bird coop or whatever. <laughs> oh, symbolism, <laughs> but um, yeah. it's just uh. Yeah, it, it's so like, weird. It's like, why so now are we having a flashback episode? Shouldn't the flat, like the backstory? I apologize, my dog's barking in the background. I can't do anything about that. But um, <sighs> he's downstairs. I have no control over that. Don't worry. But yeah. Anyways, um, I just feel like that episode. If they're gonna bother writing it, it should have been way earlier. Unless they're bringing them back for like the finale of the season, which would be weird. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't feel the need. It's just this, dumb. this would be the natural place for a Starfire backstory. Exactly, and, uh, which I doubt we're gonna get. Actually, no. I saw that episode nine. No, this is eight, ten. Episode ten is called Coriander. Okay. So I and, guess, but I'm like, why are you just throwing? I don't know. This show's dumb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Let's um let's get into it because we're like fourteen minutes in and we haven't even fucking talked about this episode it's, yet. It's our podcast. We can do what we want. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we just any, anyone comments on like iTunes or whatever, they're like, oh, why do they? They don't talk about the episode for like fifteen minutes. We just respond back all cast. This is our podcast. We can do what we want. I can do what I want. And we block them. Uh, I don't know if you can block people from your podcast. No. Uh, oh we Jesus. Okay. Are you are you okay with us getting started? Yeah, no, I'm fine. No, Brad. I don't want to <laughs> ever talk about this show ever again. I'm leaving. I'm hanging up. I, I want I want to riff for another 15 minutes. I want to riff for another hour about useless shit. <laughs> Where is <Okay>. Brendan Fraser? <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. He, he should he he's really late today. Um, I know, like where the fuck oh. is he? It's half past a freckle. I know. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so, let's fucking go. Random note uh, that I've got written down here is the show is all about those high cra- no, sorry, high contrast gray filter shots. Yeah. Uh, so that's a re- random stray note yeah. of everything is gray filtered. For those of you unfamiliar with film, uh, that means that sort of all the colors are muted. They can do that. Um, you do that uh, when you're in the editing phase. A lot of movies like The Matrix uh, popularize that in the 90s and then a lot of superhero shit like especially a lot of dc shit like uh justice league yeah uh, batman versus superman use that a lot for this sort of hyper realistic look uh, it's sort of a very sci-fi yeah thing it's, to do it's to very sci-fi and i'm just like all right cool yeah, it's, you know it's i've never seen look. the matrix we should watch that sometime we should 
This is the podcast where I tell Hayden we're going to watch something later for, like, every movie. <laughs> yeah! That's, that's, okay. Dude, that's our friendship. Let's be real. That's very true. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> about the show! I... Dude. About... <laughs> You're fine. Okay, this this show... I, I had forgotten, because uh, it's in the previously on Titans segment, mm-hmm. that when... It, it had sort of slid by just because the last episode was so by... When uh, Rachel is rescuing Beast Boy because she rescues all the Titans from the asylum before they blow it up. Uh, whenever she's going to rescue him, the one scientist tries to grab her. Uh, the scientist's line is, you're coming with me, girl. And hey. it's said pretty much like that, which is hilarious. It sounds, that, that's it sounds about like it. a cartoon. It sounds like a cartoon villain from like 1971. It's like, I want my parents back. <laughs> It's it's that exact level of a uh, writing quality and acting performance. Yeah. Probably directing is the problem there. Hey, you um, know, it's nowhere near as great as that dad screaming. Ah. Uh, <laughs> there's there's so much. Oh, there's so much to unpack. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, we do the recap. Everything's pretty much there, as we discussed, for the last episode. It sucks ass. They save Rachel's mom. They leave the asylum after blowing it up. Okay. Okay. So, they go back. Um, Hold on, hold on. Okay. So, they cut back in time to when Richie's a kid. And it's a little bit into his tenure with Batman. Yeah, I'd and say he's, he's probably been within, like, what? Like, a year, probably, at this point? Year or two, maybe. So, um, we've established by this point that superheroes, uh, this is, uh, talking about Titans, not, not anywhere else, just in Titans. In Titans, superheroes kill people. Yeah. That's just kind of like, that's just, a thing. That's just a thing that they do. Uh, so, uh, Richie's talking to Donna Troy, who is Wonder Girl, Wonder Woman's sidekick. About how, like, oh, man, I'm all bummed out because, like, you know, the Joker is out there hurting people. I don't know if I can do this because, like, he hurts him real bad and he kills people. And Donna Troy, you know, basically says, don't be a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> in, in a nice way, she's like, he's going to keep killing people. You got to go out there and keep fighting him. Which, like, he's like a child soldier. This was, like, a kid who got, like, enlisted. Basically, as we discussed in previous episodes, like, kidnapped by Bruce Wayne. It really feels like, that driving. way. It's just, like, we have never seen Batman, and I kind of take issue with that. I'm like, can we just, like, have an interaction with them instead of him just being described as, like, this looming figure? And I'm like, all right, it makes him feel makes him feel like a supervillain. Or having other people talk about how great he is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just so weird. It feels weird it and it- disjointed. It really makes it sound like he's, like, bribing them to get this kid there so he can, like, molest him and teach him to be a child soldier. It's very strange. It, yeah. That's how it feels. I, I still remember uh, at, the guy, uh, Atlas, who I can't remember his name, uh, but his name was Atlas the Strongman at the circus that Richie was at. Yeah. Whenever he's telling him about why Richie has to go live with Bruce Wayne, he goes, Bruce Wayne is a very rich man. Oh, <laughs> and my And then God, as, like, an afterthought, he goes, he, and a good man. Very rich. And he's good, but mostly rich. He's got them dollars. I say tucking the fifty thousand in my in my uh, pocket. Yep. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Uh. Yeah. She basically tells him, you know, man up. Don't be a pussy. Uh. Go out there. Keep fighting crime. Uh. So 
this scene establishes that the Justice League exists, which is a very weird thing to establish for this show. Yeah. I, I think that, like... I don't see why. Were... I really don't see why. Why they need to exist? Yeah, no, well, of course they exist, but, like, why they needed to even touch on it, you know what I mean? I don't know if they need to exist, because, like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a weird thing to me where... It's sort of the Young Justice problem of, like, well, I always know that, you know, no matter what, if, if problems get real bad, the Justice League will show up. Like, it's not as ever-present as it is in Young Justice, but, like, I don't... Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. No, I just don't uh, think... Like, why did they even need to be mentioned? They really didn't. They really didn't. And that's that's um, where I take issue. Uh, By the way, Richie never spoke about Donna Troy before this episode. Of course not. Just... <laughs> just like before with atlas the guy who he like loved as like you know almost a father figure before bruce wayne took him in that guy was not mentioned before episode six he was not even like a thought in the atmosphere he was not even a spoken word reference characters are just being brought up for richie's backstory whenever the story's like oh yeah we gotta have an episode about them it's like ah oh, shit it's richie time yeah, this episode, incidentally, by the way, is largely another Richie episode. Yeah, and that's just kind of what the show's turning into, which then I'm, it just makes me go, it's like, why didn't you just make a Robin TV show the way you've made, like, yeah. The Flash and Arrow and shit like that, you, where you can have characters surrounding them that really play into it, but um, if it just feels like they wanted to write a Dick Grayson TV show, but they are like, well, it's not going to do well, so we should brand titans on it but i feel like that just kind of caused it to miss the mark even more you know what i mean yes um i think that i remember do you remember whenever uh we watched the teen titans movies yeah. like the uh directed dvd movies I do. Uh, we spoke about them in episode zero on here uh and they are kind of the damian wayne show especially the first one is really the damian wayne show yeah uh, Which I found out about... they, like, are a follow-up to, um, like, the Damian Wayne movies, which I figured out later, but... Yes. Which is shitty, because then it felt like it's like, yeah, this is a Damian Wayne movie where they just happen to throw in the Teen Titans for Damian Wayne's sake. And I remember watching and being like, you know, I prefer, like, a Dick Grayson thing with this. I feel like it was, like, a monkey's paw curling to be like, alright, you want a you wanna Teen Titans thing that's all about Dick Grayson? <laughs> Yeah. Here you go. That's, Titans. that's honestly how it feels. I agree. Um, because it's oh god, it's just like that. Uh, and just like that, we've got some stuff for Raven here. That's okay, but it's still not quite up to the caliber of its not, original cartoon. Yeah, of course not. It's this show. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, um, getting back to my point about the Joker. So, if superheroes kill people. The Joker isn't as much of a problem, right? Like, yeah, like they, it, they kill people. Yeah, if they kill so people kill and Batman's, like, such a monster, um, then why doesn't he just kill the Joker? Yeah, like... Just fucking kill him. Just they, get it over yeah, with. They just fucking kill people in this. Like, it's not... Like, I, I don't even see the need for, like, Arkham Asylum or whatever. If it's... This is a universe where they've established that they... Richie will just grab your gun and shoot you. Yeah. And then later they'll say, oh, yeah, he didn't kill you. No, he, he fucking killed you. He fucking you. killed and, you. And almost... He told Starfire to, like, blow up the building and kill everyone inside for the asylum. Yeah, uh, and even then she yeah. was, like, looking at him like, are you for real, dude? 
Yeah, and remember that one guy? Uh, he like threw threw a fucking Robin ring in his eye in the Hawk and Dove episode. Yeah, and then, like he he definitely beat that one dude to death. Uh, so Richie kills people, and he was trained by Batman, and Batman never seems to disapprove in any way about his methods of killing people. So yeah, also Jason kills people. He killed all those cops. So Batman kills people. So the Joker just at that point, Batman should just pull out a gun and just shoot. Just fucking shoot him. Honestly, yeah, I, no, not, I completely agree. I'm not condoning murder, but like, no, just I, the I'm way just, it is in the show. It's, it's the internal logic of the show doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't check out. Yeah. Because the whole game with the Joker is that Batman doesn't kill him. If Batman kills people, then suddenly it's like, well, the Joker isn't really a problem. It's like it's like the Frank Miller Batman. I think within like, you know, uh, not very long after Batman starts killing people, he just kills the Joker. No, exactly. Uh, it's like it, ugh, I don't know. Like we could yeah. go round and round on this, but it's just, yeah. They're, they're, like, trying to create these looming threats, but they hold, like, they just hold no water. Yes, and I would also say, for this show, that has nothing to do with Batman purportedly. Even saying the Joker, even though I know, culturally, it's impossible for you not to know who the Joker is, it's still really shitty to just sort of toss out the Joker's name and be like, yeah, you know who that is, we don't need to explain, we don't need to show him at all. Like, that's just an oblique reference that Richie can make and then you don't need to do any work on. So yet yeah, again, this is lazy. work dependent on you knowing Batman. It's lazy. It's so lazy. And I'm like, come on, y'all. Yes. Like, do better. As yes, I like to say at work, just be better. Yes. Okay. Uh, getting away from Batman for a minute. Actually, no, we can't because uh, we go back into the present. So we established in the last episode, or two episodes ago, actually, in episode six, that uh, Richie and when Jason Todd is there... They take the Titans for safety to one of Batman's many murder apartments across the country. Like all the little, you sorry, know, love, pads that they keep. I love that you call it a murder apartment. I'm sorry. It's, it's just never. It's like a murder apartment, bro. It is. Like, it really that's... is. It's just funny. <laughs> it's just never it's not like, funny. Because it's like a secure building or, or it's a secure room within a building. I can't fucking tell if it's the whole building where like he keeps a bunch of cars and then like it's all it's got all this security shit. Yeah. Like, and he's he's a murderer, and he's a fucking psychopath in this. So he's definitely bringing people there to torture them and kill them. Yeah. Uh, so they're hanging out in that murder apartment in episode six. Episode seven, they're still hanging out there. And then Dr. Adams is in this murder apartment still. Uh, whenever Richie and Starfire go to rescue Rachel and uh, Tiger Boy from the asylum. The Asylum then manages to get Dr. Adams out of this building. So they have already broken into Batman's murder apartment to get him out. Yeah. So they just go back to the murder apartment where they they know the Trigon Cult members know they are. And they, they did not check even a little bit to make sure that there were no stragglers. That there wasn't like, oh yeah, this is one of like 50 bases across the United States of this cult. They just go back to this building where they know... That he has been broken out of, that the Trigon Call members know about. They're just chilling there, eating fucking breakfast. You know, I'm really curious how they got in there, because there's oh, so- yeah! I didn't even think about that while we are watching the episode, but it just hit me. How the fuck did the cult members get in there, because even fucking Richie couldn't get in there, because of, like, yeah. the extensive, like, security. I'm like, how the fuck? Okay, so- 
Here's here's my image. There's just a big cartoon <laughs> hole in the wall that was like dynamite. Like they just blew it up with dynamite and went in, smashed it, and then because Richie, the reason that Richie could get back in at the end of episode six is because the rest of the Titans were in there. They could just open the door from the inside. So <laughs> my thought is, episode eight, they whatever like dynamite hole they used to blow up the the building to get Doctor Adams out. They just walk in through that hole. Yeah. They just walk in through that hole in the wall. They don't even have to bother with security. It's dumb. It's it's like a horrifically cartoonish uh, explanation, but it's the only one that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the cult members broke in, so I guess we could just use how they broke in to get into the building. So now we're just eating breakfast with no security. By the way, immediately after the horrible, like, horrible, traumatic experience of uh, being tortured, in Richie's case, being pumped full of, like, hallucinogens, and in uh, Starfire's case, being, like, vivisected, cut open, having a pipe, like, a tube shoved down her throat. They bone. They have sex. They go to have sex. Of course that's what they do. Again. Even though they... There's no fucking chemistry. There is no chemistry, and they barely seem to be, like... They barely... that into each other at the end of the episode. Yeah, they barely seem into each other. And, like, it's not for lack of trying. Like, they're given a shitty script to work with, so I feel for them as an actor. But it's just, like... um, how, God, how do I describe this? It's, like... There's no, I think I said this while we were watching and I'm like, there's no spark between these two people. Like, no. I feel there's no weight to their dialogue at all. Because what they're saying to each other should mean something. And there should be more reaction. But it just, to me, the their scenes just fall so flat. And it just seems like they are there to collect a paycheck. And they're just, like, there's just nothing. She's just, well, like, yeah, talking think- about, like... Like, and I'm assuming she, uh, Corey's speaking, like, Tamaranian in her sleep, because... Yes, I believe so. It's like, oh, you were talking in your sleep. It's like, oh, what was he saying? It's like, I would tell you if I knew what you were saying, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, okay, cool, she's speaking alien, great. But it's just so nothing. Yeah, it really feels like nothing. And I think that's a consequence of uh, Starfire's character, yeah. which we'll get into a little later. Because a, a conversation that she has with Gar, uh, Tiger Boy later, is very telling about sort of how fleshed out she is. Um, okay, so uh, Angela, Rachel's mom, is just making breakfast for the kids, you know, in Batman's murder apartment. Cool. Uh, she offers Garfield a hug, and she's all excited because she's like, you know, the nightmare's finally over. I'm finally safe from the Trigon cult. I don't know how she doesn't think that there's more cult members out there that are yeah, going to get Yeah, how is she this uh, naive? Because she gave up her daughter for, like, a reason, and it's like, no, they'll fu- they'll never stop trying to find us. So why is she so naive to this? I get yeah. being I get being a parent. Like, I'm not a parent, but, like... I get being a parent and just being so fucking happy to finally have your kid back and, like, things kind of seem normal, but she just got busted out of a fucking, like, torture palace, essentially. How was she this calm? There's something fucking wiggity-wack about her, but, um... Not in, not in a this character is suspicious way and, like, a this is really weird writing way. Yeah, it's just, it just feels very weird, um... Because you oh, think oh, she'd you know be I, more fucked up. You know what I just realized? What? She doesn't... 
She barely seems to give a shit that Melissa, her friend who raised Rachel, was shot through Oh my the head. god! They, she, there was nothing. I was like, this bitch was yeah, shot like, through oh, the yeah, head and you said, like, she was, like, your best friend. I'm like, bitch! Yeah, she raised your fucking kid. Jesus. And got scratched up somehow. I, I don't know how the scratches got on Yeah, no, uh, dude, I was Rachel's listening. Adopted mom. I was re-listening to, like, our first episode, because now it's on iTunes. Note, yes. guys, we're now on iTunes, wherever you guys yep. are listening. But um, I was listening just while I was doing my makeup the other day, and um, I was like, yeah, like, she did. Like, she had, like, these scratches all over her back, and you'd think they were leading towards her, like, having been fucked by Trigon. Yeah. And, because that, that would make sense. Why else would she be taking, like... Uh, like All antidepressants and knocking it back with wine. Like you'd think that that like getting raped by a demon or something would give you that kind of trauma that you'd need that. So honestly, what I think happened in the writer's room is because there's so many different writers kind of doing their own thing. Um, Honestly, what I think might've happened is Melissa was originally intended to be her mom. Yes, I would agree. I think Melissa was intended to actually be her mom but they're like, yeah, well, we need some a reason for probably Rachel to be at this asylum. Like, give her something, you know, because she wasn't getting tortured by anyone. We need to give her something. Uh, let's bring her mom back. But it's her actual yeah. mom this time. Yeah, she's her birth mom. It's yeah, so weird. It's so lazy. I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, yeah. you can, like, there's a whole thing about, like, getting reunited with your birth parents and stuff like that. And I, w- I really want for Rachel's mom to be cool and to not just be, like, a double agent or something. Because, one, that would be lazy and predictable. But also, yeah. I'm just like, can just give me something. Give me something to yeah. root for here because you're, I have nothing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, going on in the scene, uh, they... Uh, Rachel and Garfield talk and their their dialogue is for the most part the most consistently supportive and good uh though I I just realized I'm gonna have to knock some points on them for uh Garfield's conversation with her of like yeah let's break into that asylum yeah from last episode because that was incredibly stupid that was stupid but even like stupider than they've been established to be um but they have the most consistently good relationship among the Titans because, like, Starfire and Rachel barely have a relationship. Starfire has one conversation with uh, Tiger Boy this episode, and outside of that, the only real conversation she's had with him is, I have seen your penis. Yeah. Uh, it was... Star- As we established, Starfire and Richie have no such relationship. Richie has no relationship with Tiger Boy whatsoever. They, I've never seen them talk one-on-one. Uh... And Richie and Rachel, I think, has the best stuff, like, the highest quality of interactions. But it also, as we see in this episode, keeps going back and forth, so it's also very inconsistent. Yeah, honestly, I'm like, I I thought the interactions at, like, pre-them all sitting down for breakfast, I thought the interactions between, um... Oh my god, Garfield and Rachel were really cute. I thought they were like very genuine. Like they those yeah. two are honestly doing the best job out of the whole crew in my opinion. And it's like honestly like even if I didn't like appreciate Raven's character so much from the comics in the original cartoon, 
I think I would still be like invest not I wouldn't say I'm invested, but I'm like more intrigued by like Rachel and Garfield because I feel like they're the best actors. I I think that they're given the most material yeah, to be kind of okay with. Yeah, they're given they seem like the best actors because they're given the best material. Yeah, I think I think Donna's up there too. Yeah, no, oh uh, my god. I didn't even think uh, so about we'll Donna, but her. she's so good in this episode. She's so good. And, I and really like her. Stuff. Um, okay, so uh just trying to get the plot moving because we're like thirty seven minutes yeah, in. Just okay. Don't worry, uh, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I want a two hour episode, it's not a big deal. Okay. Um I know. <laughs> just let's uh, <laughs> got dinner to get to at some point. Um Star. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not taking the pod seriously. <laughs> got it gotta make a gotta make sacrifices for the good of the podcast um suffer but anyway (laughs) okay uh so richie sorry no don't worry about it uh so uh one thing rachel's mom angela mentions that they were served pancakes in the torture asylum which is weird oh that's so strange honestly Uh, what i'd say is she was probably making a joke i what i wonder it it's what passes the way she said it it's what passes for a joke in this show okay <laughs> that's true it's like it's like the why can't we have two moms joke from the nuclear family yeah. though i am imagining you now that starfire murdered a chef that's just sitting in the cafeteria in the basement of the asylum that goes what and then it just cloud of explosion it blew them up yeah there's just like some fucking cafeteria workers for the asylum that are just dead now yeah good good job guys <laughs> you you murder people um, okay, so after blowing up the facility and doing seemingly no follow-up research whatsoever on the Trigon cult, Richie goes, case closed, and he goes, all the Trigon cult members are dead. Good we got job. Him. We definitely got him. Got them all. Even though, 100%. Even though there, was that, there was that fake cop and like, you know, they were, they never, they never looked into how the nuclear family was made or where they were getting people. They never looked into how they had like SWAT teams. Yeah. That g- could raid Doctor Adams' uh, apartment, and they there were none of those SWAT team people in uh, the asylum. They just had normal guards. I have no idea how they could possibly imagine that this is over. Uh, but but Richie does it, and he's like, "Case closed. Uh, go home." He sends he sends Angela along with Rachel, Tiger Boy, and uh, Starfire back to uh, Angela's house, which she notes she's not been to for five years. Yeah. Which means that her house should have probably been, you know, foreclosed on by the bank because, you know, missing person, presumed dead, should have taken the house and then sold it to somebody else. So somebody should be living there, if not demolished. Yeah. And also, like, how my question that I wrote down in my notes here is, how did Starfire know about, like, taxes and shit like that when they were talking about, like, the houses and shit? Yeah, she says, like, oh, you'll have to pay a lot of taxes. That's really weird for Starfire to know. Yeah, I'm like, um, how? But okay. But she's, she's, she doesn't, she needs, she knows everything about Earth, pretty much. Yeah, that we, she knows that everything. Know. She's the hot one. I don't know. Yeah, she's, she's a Bond villain. Um, so I want to, I want to bring up that Angela has not had a bank account for five years. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't seem to have any money. Uh, Richie can just get hundreds of thousands of dollars, presumably from Alfred, whenever. Richie just sends them on their way home to a house that probably is no longer there. It is there and it's like abandoned, whatever, uh, whenever they get there. 
But he sends them with no money. He just kind of pieces <laughs> out and just doesn't like give a, a fucking shit. rich asshole. Because that's all he is. <laughs> yep, he's a he's a rich he's a rich weird kid asshole. Yeah. Well, we'll see more of that in in a Donna segment. So Richie pieces out. Uh, and is like, all right, you guys go get on that train and take Angela and Rachel and presumably Tiger Boy is going to live with them. I don't know what the plan is for him because they mentioned that Starfire is going to peace out afterward. I don't know what the fuck they think Gar is going to do if he's, if he's just going to live with Rachel. I I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's They're not going to go like that. Get Some married shit's at 14. Happen. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Going to. He's going to have this green dude. Well, he's not green, I guess, because, you know, the show's full of cowards. He could be green sometimes. He could be green sometimes when he's transforming. That's all. Uh, so Richie goes to peace out. And Rachel, of course, calls him an asshole while hugging him. And that interaction is kind of sweet, but it really underscores how, like, Richie has said on at least... So in episode two, he um, goes to leave her with Hawk and Dove. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to leave you here. Yeah. Uh, he just kind of keeps leaving her. He keeps leaving... We keep doing the thing where he leaves her, comes back, realizes that he's made a terrible mistake and promises to never leave her again. He did this with Hawk he did this with Hawk and Dove. He did this at the church. Yeah. He uh now he's doing it again with her mom. And it there is no point where in all of these cases after being reunited, he's been like, I promise I won't leave you again. You know, like it's not It's just the it's, it's same very thing over and over again. And it's why, like, their interactions are very sweet, but they also have no substance because we don't see them get any closer. They don't get to have those conversations. Like, Rachel says some shit about, like, him being really caring whenever he's in the asylum to snap him out of the hallucinations. But, like, we don't see a lot of that emotional work done on his end, so it just makes him seem like a selfish asshole. It's just, it, it could be, again, a rip-off Logan or, like, you know, It feels uh, like Popper they want from... it to be, like, Logan and X-23. That's what they want it to be yeah but they're like joel and ellie yeah and joel and yeah but i'm like there's they're not giving us anything yeah because richie's a piece of shit no he's a piece of shit and he's poorly written and i'm just yes. like ugh. i mean everyone in this I'm is no, poorly written but you please know. no one think again that i'm talking about the actor the actor has nothing to do with no 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 we we are never shitting on the actor we're just shitting on the show itself yes okay just so we're clear so uh, Richie fucks off, and then he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then he just, they happen to be in the same city as uh, Donna Troy, who he did not think to call for help in the asylum situation. Because why would they do that? I, I don't fucking know. Um, So he goes, knocks on her door. Initially, whenever she comes to the door, uh, she looks like an older Rachel, which is very weird. It's just for, like, a couple seconds. It's very strange, Yeah, though. no, it's just the way, like, her lips are and the way they had, like, done her hair. Like, the way it, her hair was back? It took me a minute. I was like, wait, is that? No, never mind. Yeah, so... Um, the show now diverges again into two different sort of paths uh where you follow starfire and co on the train back to angela's house and richie and donna troy um so uh i'm gonna summarize the starfire part yeah uh, with just rachel's mom go ahead just to be real quick so On the train, Starfire and uh, Tiger Boy are just sitting there playing cards, and then Starfire is, like, basically ignoring Tiger Boy. Uh, 
it, their conversation consists of him talking about dessert and her not caring. And then she goes to, um, she goes to seemingly flirt with a uh, dude who's looking at her on the train, possibly to have sex with him. And then she threatens him because she thinks he's a cult member, which I mean, like, yeah. you'd be able to tell better if you had, you know, I don't know, kept some evidence and didn't blow everything up. Uh, didn't murder everyone involved. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm not a cult member. And then she goes, all right, get he's out like, of here. like, I just thought and you were hot. Out, yeah, he's like, I just thought you were hot. So then it turns out he's a U.S. Marshal, and then he's like, oh, I better report this. And then it's like, oh, yeah, this is that lady that beat up those cops whenever uh, she was in Rachel's adopted mom's house. Because, of course, it was. Uh, go back to uh, episode, I think, three. Yeah, where we talk like, about the, uh, the cop that. was like, please don't, play, please don't break my arm. It's something. Yeah, it's so bad. And so, like, Starfire is just awful. Uh, and then it gets reaffirmed because, like, Tiger Boy tries to have a genuine conversation with her when he's like, yeah, I turned into a tiger in that building, and then I mauled that guy, and I bit that guy. And he never said, I think he said he killed that guy. Yeah, no, uh, he's like, once. I think he said he killed him, and he was just, like, actually seeming torn up about it. And I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, that's, but here's the thing. She's immediately like, I mean, he had to kill him. Like, she's very blasé about it. Like, she's like, and then it's immediate- just, sometimes you, ha- she's like, you were protecting yourself. Never feel bad about protecting yourself. I'm like, oh, nom, nom, nom. I wrote here, I was like. Coriander is not a good influence. Uh, Starfire is so no. awfully written. Um, she's yeah, she's all she all wants. About fucking and killing. It's like all. I was like, she. I wrote all about killing and fucking. Yeah, so she she tells him that killing is good, which I mean, like we saw her like legitimately execute a dude who was harmless in the uh, in the hotel in Germany in the first episode. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, again, she beat the shit out of those cops, if not killing them in a. Uh, in Rachel's house in episode three, even though the cops are literally just there because, uh, you know, Rachel's adopted mom had been murdered. So they weren't, they weren't like cult members. They were just in the building trying to research the crime. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I'm not, I'm not huge on like FBI or cops, but like that's, they, they are literally functionally doing what you would want cops to do, which is researching a murder. And then she beats the shit out of them, if not killing one of them. Uh, and again, this U.S. Marshal is, like, just doing his job reporting this in. Um, she tells Beast Boy, like, yeah, killing people, not a big deal. Then she immediately goes to, oh, yeah, you want to get with Rachel, huh? Oh, my God. I wrote down what she said. I wrote, it's yeah. like, you want to make out with her, don't you? I was like, what the fuck is so wrong with you? So she's immediately jumping to her second mode, killing to fucking. So we're, we're, we're going from killing to fucking mode. Uh... <laughs> Meanwhile, Rachel's talking with her mom, and her mom's like, yeah, it's so great. The cult's never going to get you. Trigon's never going to get you. She never says Trigon. But she's uh, like, she's, your father can't find you anymore. Your, fa- your father is a powerful man. She's very oblique about it, uh, which I don't get why she's being really, you know, weird about it unless she's a spy. I don't understand. Um, I don't know. So she's like, oh, Melissa was my best friend, which I was happy that at the very least they acknowledged that she existed after she got fucking shot through the head. But even then, her mom doesn't seem all that bummed about it. And then they're like, yeah, we're going to be fine. We're going to go back to our house. So uh, instead of them getting all the way to their house, uh, they get stopped because they, the train gets stopped because they're looking for Starfire. Yeah. Uh, naturally, because she, you know, assaulted cops and then assaulted a U.S. Marshal. And then she tells, you know, Rachel, her mom and uh, Tiger Boy, you know, get off the train. Uh, meet me, you know, at this area. And then the FBI agents show up to, like, arrest Starfire because, of course, they do that 
only makes sense. And then she murders them. She murders them. She blows them up. She just toasts them. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Again, I I understand being like, I don't like the police or like law enforcement, but, uh, you know, because American law enforcement specifically has a really bad history with uh, African-Americans and like minorities and, you know, uh, anything that isn't people in power. She's an alien. Yeah. She's an alien. Not only that, they she's expressly attacked people who are doing nothing wrong. No, she just fucking like, just kills people, people just cause. And like her killing people is such a fucking joke in this show that it's yeah. frustrating. Yeah, so it it completely undermines Tiger Boy feeling all upset, like Gar being all upset about killing someone. She's just like, yeah, killing people, it happens. And it, it that's how the rest of the show treats it. Again, the nuclear family's heads explode, and they're like, yeah, whatever. Um. So she blows up the train. Uh, Tiger Boy scares someone. I'm glad he didn't murder the dude who was just driving like a utility truck to take it so that yeah. they could drive to Rachel's mom's house. So they go to Rachel's mom's house, and um, you know, it's still there. It's just covered in leaves. I don't understand how uh, they just assume that a house would be abandoned without like you know, presumably a bank foreclosing on it or like you know, relatives doing something. Yeah, no, that house so, would be fucking closed. Yeah, it's it it's just treated as if it was like just taken by nature as if society had forgotten that it existed. Um so they uh go into the house uh with this stolen vehicle right outside by the way. They don't even think to like after stealing this vehicle to I don't know, ditch it somewhere, like, you know, we'll take the rest of the way on foot. They take the stolen vehicle right up to the house, which should lead the cops there if, yeah. you know, this show is following up on that. I am happy that they at least followed up on Starfire getting punished, kind of, for beating up the cops. Yeah, like, uh, at least they're following up on it, but it's been so fucking long, and they haven't shown anything regarding it, that it just felt yeah. so random. I was like, wait, what's happening? Oh, okay, that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, So they go in, and then Rachel's like, oh, so you don't remember anything? And then Starfire's like, yeah, I can't remember anything. And she's like, well, I have healing powers. Maybe I could heal your brain, like your memories. Yeah. And then which I'm like, Starfire's okay, like, cool. all right, sure. All right, sure, we could try it. So Rachel does that, and then Starfire gets her memories back. And in spite of everything, when she gets her memories back, uh, because her mission was to potentially kill Rachel, as we had, I believe, established in a previous episode. We established that at the end of episode three that maybe, maybe Starfire's mission was to kill Raven. Yeah, uh, we that was already kind of like a thought we had. Uh, she, it turns out that, that definitely was the plan, because she, when she, uh, gets her memories back, just immediately goes to choking out Rachel. Yep, she just starts fucking so, choking her, I'm like, okay, cool. I, so I don't know if we're supposed to, like, Starfire to be like, oh no, this betrayal of their deep-seated friendship. Oh, yeah. It's like, this lady's all about fucking and killing, and, like, you know, she, she beat up that one creepy dude in a bar, so, or that creepy dude at that restaurant, so you know she's, like, a good person. Oh yeah. Otherwise, we've we've gotten jack shit. Like that's the one. That's the one moment I can think of in Titans outside of her, you know, being like, I need to get Rachel Roth because uh, uh, my notes and my pictures that are with me when I have amnesia tell me to. Outside of that, she has done nothing morally good, really, at all. It's no, just she hasn't. Mur- Everything. <laughs> she's just <laughs> just beating the shit out of that dude at the book at the uh, restaurant. I keep saying bar. Um. Also, she keeps Dick from murdering that hunter in front of his daughter, and that is, like, a bare minimum. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, she's oh not God. done anything, like, redeemable that makes me go, yeah, go Starfire. Oh, no, like, Starfire. Like, what are you doing? I just don't care. 
I don't care. Yeah. Um. So then the episode actually ends with her trying to murder uh, Rachel. Yeah. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. Uh, <laughs> Richie's Richie basically just goes to bother Donna Troy, and then she's like, and he, she's like, hey, how's it going? And then he's like, I quit being Robin. I'm done. And then she's like, let's hang out for a while. Basically, she's like, I didn't, I, I don't do the Wonder Girl thing much anymore, but uh. Yeah, let's catch up. Come know, with I'm, me I'm to. Not all uh, fucked up over it. Yeah, no, she like invites him to like uh go with her to like her like photography her photography gallery gallery. thank you i was like or like i forget what it is exhibition it doesn't matter yeah Uh, the point is that she goes to look invites him to come to her photography party where like her photography is on display at i guess like some art museum or some exhibit yeah Uh, and then he's there uh basically unable to socialize with other people um, he tries to bring up to the one dude about how much he knows about Donna and her love for photography, and then he talks. Richie is suddenly an expert on cameras, so he talks extensively yeah, about Yeah, he, like, gets weirdly into it. Ugh. He gets weirdly into talking about cameras, and the one dude is just like, I'm gonna leave out of this social interaction. And then Richie gets all huffy, because basically the, I believe the idea of the scene is everyone here is a snooty snoot who just likes art and potentially yeah. wants to bone Donna. And, you know, Richie's real. He really gets photography, which never brought up before. Not even brought up once before in this show is Richie, Richie's deep, passionate love and understanding for photography. It's because he secretly um, loves Donna. Duh. I guess. I uh, to their know. credit, he has not fucked Donna yet. Um, yeah. She treats him more like a little brother, which is, you know, if, if Richie was written better, that would be endearing. Right. Like, that would yeah. be endearing if he was a better written character. Um, but for, for her, it's still endearing. Like, Donna is still written in a decently charming way. So, she tells him, like, uh, after this uh, party ha- happens for a while, she goes to... She's like, I'm gonna go take care of something. You hang out here, have fun. He's eating food and not socializing with people. So, instead, he uh, follows her after a little while. Presumably because, you know, he didn't want to talk to anybody. He says it's because he's worried, but, like... Richie seems unable to form any kind of relationship with anyone that he's not going to have sex with or thinking about having sex with based on his uh, partner who died in episode two and has never been mentioned again. Yeah, no, it's um, never, ever come up. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah, she just died and nobody and fucking cared. They mentioned her death in like episode two or three and that's that's been it. She is, she is a ghost. Yeah, no, she never um, came back. Uh, so, uh, Donna goes to meet up with this dude who's basically trying to interrupt this poaching operation because he didn't like the guy who's running the poaching operation. She takes some pictures. Uh, she's cautious about not being, like, kidnapped by these dudes, so she refuses to get into the truck with the merchandise. Yeah. And then she's like, all right, cool, we'll meet up again later. And, uh, then as, as, like, she's leaving, because this is, like, some basic detective, uh, what is it, um... I forget the term for the type of journalist that does this type of thing. Oh, God, I, I can't. It's not expository journalist. I can't remember. Uh, expose journalist, maybe we'll use that term for right now. Uh, but basically, she's doing this to get this information and then publish it to ruin uh, the people doing this poaching yeah, operation. Yeah, she's trying to expose them. Yeah. Um. So 
Uh, Richie shows up as this is closing out and then knocks the guy out because he's there to. He doesn't you know, just knock people. him out. He just beats the shit out of him as you do. He beats the absolute shit out of him. It's not like a quick chop to the neck or something or like, you know. Yeah, no. Uh, sleeper hold. He it's starts just punching him, him because that's what Richie does. That's what Richie does. He's like, yeah, I'm here to beat the shit out of people. So then she's like, ah, oh, you fucked it up. And then she makes him take pictures of her knocked out with the dude to basically save face. This does not come up again. Uh, then they start chilling at Donna's apartment. And then she's like, all right, you know what? You seem to be all, you know, fucked up still from uh, being raised by Batman. Because Batman bad. Batman uh, bad. That's the moral and- of the story. And he's like, fuck Batman. And then she's like, you know, he tried to raise you as best he could after. And my subtext is after, like, basically kidnapping you and forcing all the people around you to give you to him. But also, like, um, I think she also meant, like, after his own traumas, like, he raised you as best he could. Yeah. <laughs> that, again, Batman, like, I will say really that's pushed the, for him. That's the subtext they were going for. Yes. That's after not what trauma, came like, across. No, not at all. Um, so, uh, then she's like, Wonder Woman basically raised me with all this love and care and Wonder Woman's great. Uh, and she raised me to protect the innocent Batman raised you to, uh, you know, punish evildoers. So that's got you all fucked up, which I guess that's one criticism of Batman. But I mean, again, that's an interpretation of Batman. Um, I'm not, I'm not like the Batman defender, but I feel a little bit like I have to be on this show because I'm like, yeah, you know, if you're a billionaire, uh, better better things you can do with your money than just uh, pay for a suit in a big cave to beat people up. Like, you, you should probably uh, fix wealth inequality in your city. Um. Anyway, uh, point being, she's like, you know, uh, try your best, all this stuff. She's endearing. That's yeah. basically what it comes down to is she's endearing for a scene. She tells him, like, you know, you should try to not be a... Uh, violent lunatic. Yeah, don't be a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, um, so then uh, she mentions something he has something on his phone. At some point he shows her uh, I think on his phone that he has some pictures from uh, Starfire's weird little yeah. storage room um, that are in Tamaranian and then she's like, oh I recognize that. That's Sumerian or some offshoot of Sumerian. Yeah. And then that's how she figures out, like, oh, yeah, she's here to secure the raven. Which, I mean, I feel I feel like they already said that. They in, did. In episode they, three. They already, like, um, they acknowledged that when fucking Starfire and Richie went to, like, her lair yeah, her storage or whatever. Area. Yeah. So, like, she, she seems to, I guess, restate it or, like, re... I don't know what the fuck she. She's just like reiterating it. I don't fucking know. I guess I I don't know why it's like shocking information because I believe we were given this in episode three. So, but uh, basically it turns out they're like, oh yeah, this might mean that she's here to kill Rachel because Rachel's the Raven. And uh, then bam, cut to as I said before, Starfire choking out Rachel. Uh, end of episode, and then next episode preview is Hawk and Dove backstory episode. <laughs> yep. So it's really fucking stupid. Yeah. So it sucks. That that's basically it. Yeah. Uh oh right the uh, the poacher guy. Oh yeah. Did mention the uh, the bear because they had a bear there. Uh, they were like, "Do you want to shoot this bear?" And she's like, "No." And then they close it, which is just a really weird little moment. Um, he mentions like, "Oh yeah, the Chinese will pay for this," which 
great little reference, uh, great little xenophobic reference to Chinese people. So a little bit of racism in this episode too, just for fun. You know, just for laughs, just just for the shits and gigs. So, um, outside of Donna stuff, this episode sucked. Yeah, no, Donna. I I want to dig into that a little bit. Like, I honestly think. <sighs> I think Donna was the most intriguing character we've had so far. We've had so much time with all these characters, but I feel yeah. like I don't even know them. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Rachel the... Rachel keeps going into kid mode every now and again, and it's really weird. Yeah, it just, she, it's like they regress her, and it feels very strange. Yeah, they keep waffling on if she's, like, a cynical teen or, like, a little kid that really wants, like, a mom and, like, a family. Yeah. And they don't try to square those realities. They don't. And they, they they can't decide how they want to write her. And it's very strange. It's just... Uh, Tiger... Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I'm like, uh, it's inconsistent along with all the writing for everyone else. Honestly, I feel like Garfield has been the most consistent. But that's because he's, you know... The, the least developed. He's the least developed. So he's been the most... Or developed... Um, so, you know. Yeah. It's just the... I agree. Uh, I would, I would watch a show, based on who we've seen so far in the show, I would like a show of just Robot Man, Brandon Fraser, with Donna Troy, solving mysteries. Yes. That, that would be, that would be the ideal configuration of who we've seen in Titans so far. Um. Yeah, that, no, Donna's an actual it. interesting character in the show. Sorry, I just got a Charlie horse in my leg. Um, in a, uh, <laughs> I moved my leg ever so slightly and I was like, ah! But, um... The show's taking its toll on you. I know, it's killing me. Slowly. But, um... I was gonna say, like, in the short time that we had, um... Donna around, I feel like I know her a lot more than I know any of these other characters. Yeah, I, I at least feel like she's more genuinely pleasant and enjoyable... Um, which I think helps whenever she's not Dove, who's fucking a lunatic like Hawk, uh, and also slashing people's throats. Honestly, keeping her from doing too much superhero shit is the most helpful because yeah. it, it keeps it from Titans battle choreography where they just murder people. Cause like uh, everything about Dove is undermined by the fact that she slashes people's throats and shit. Um, Everything about Hawk is sort of undermined by him being, like, a gruff, alcoholic weirdo. Uh, and then, obviously, our main Titans, have we have discussed their faults at length. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's enjoyable enough. Um, so, I want to say that, uh, again, this episode's better. It is, it is a baffling choice to have the next episode be about Hawk and Dove's backstory. Yeah, which makes no sense narratively it just feels yeah. so disjointed and i'm like for real like why this this is the point in the story where we should if you're gonna suddenly have a flashback episode you would want it to be about starfire yeah it on it should be about starfire but why the episode after the backstory is about her which is so weird and it just kind of it ruins the pacing of the show not that it's good to begin with but it 100 yeah. percent ruins it yeah just absolutely interrupts the actual story narrative even, yeah like even the doom patrol would would have felt more relevant uh here as like a, a random backstory episode 
Uh, it just it doesn't seem to be because Hawk and Dove aren't connected to Rachel at all right now. No, or they're Starfire not. Well, or they were they were connected to Rachel, but like for for one episode for an episode. Yeah, and all of Rachel's uh, attachment to Dove was off fucking screen. Yeah. Like she's she meets them and then one scene later she's coming back from shopping with Dove and Dove's like yeah we're friends now and then Rachel's all excited to be with her we didn't even get to see that transition happen we don't even get to see that growth and I guess it's because they knew it didn't matter because Hawk and Dove were gonna be summarily kicked out of the story here but like it's so fucking stupid that they would remove that because that's this whole fucking show is supposed to be about relationships between the Titans but instead it's about this weird non-existent conspiracy plot and like random references to killing and fucking and it's just it's so it's stupid it it has no thematic unity and it contradicts itself and it sucks ass yeah we got three more episodes uh, it just it doesn't make any sense like none of it is lining up the way you think it would yeah and i'm just i'm baffled i'm so baffled by the lack of skill in the writing it is it is a mess. And I because it's not an X Files thing where they can just go back to Titan's Tower or something at the end of the day. All of these little problems in like the pacing of the overarching story come to a head because every episode is like that. Every episode we go. This doesn't seem to match up with the last episode we just watched. Yeah. What the fuck is happening? Because there is no normal to return back to we have to have everything happen as a result of what happened previously and whenever that doesn't line up it feels really fucking weird okay so uh anything else before we uh close out here no i'm just why is there a hawk and dove episode next i don't fucking why? know why we'll that is talk my more question about that whenever we watch it what'd you say i was like that's my question is why does it suck We'll figure it out next time. Uh, all right. Uh, plugs. Anything you want to plug before we get moving? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not that was a way really. To say it. Uh, I'll plug. As Hayden said, my video essays. Uh, on rightly so. That's rightly with a W at the front. Um. Uh, I do the How to Fix Bleach series, which. I'm gonna get back to in a little while because I just finished out Karakura Town, uh, where I talk all about uh, characters that you should remove from Bleach because Bleach has too many characters. Sure does. Uh, it does. It and exists. I haven't even gotten to Soul Society or the Ronka or any of that shit yet. Jesus, are you for real? Yeah, I mean, I got through 22 characters or like okay. 20, 20 something characters already. And you're but... still going through who needs to get the fuck out. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's an astonishing number of characters. Um, That's and I I'll get around to that other video for uh, Soul Society stuff probably in a year or two. I don't know, I because I'm working on the Digimon stuff. So um, the other big video essay that I was working on is how to or what went wrong with Digimon Try. Uh, it's currently off of YouTube because uh, Toei is a bunch of fucking assholes about copyright. Yeah. Um, even though I barely used any fucking Digimon Try footage whatsoever, but that's where I talk about what a fucking disaster Digimon Adventure Try is, and Digimon Adventure Try, for those of you not in the know, is the sequel series to Digimon Adventure, which is a really good show, because I absolutely love complaining about things that are related to things that I love. Yeah, that's what we do! Uh, that's why we that's have this podcast. That's what we do! 
So if you like this, you'll probably like uh, What Went Wrong with Digimon Try. It's it should honest, be up on so Rightly good. So. It's so good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, bro. I um, I'm at anime underscore brother on Twitter, and Hayden is at, at Hayden Voice. Voice. Uh, I would tell you to plug the cons you're going to, but this will be uploaded long after that happens. Actually, no, I have some cons later in the year okay. that might... Uh, happen like this hopefully this episode will come out before then um but let's see yeah we've been um, uploading every week exactly so i will be going to this week as it's being recorded so this won't be up but uh this weekend i'm going to SukinoCon in british columbia canada um and then yep. in so hop in your time machine so hop in your time machine and come back and say hi to me um and then i'm going to be at uh, Triad Anime Con on March 20th. So hopefully this will be up. Maybe. We'll see. Um, so I will be there from March 20th to March 22nd-ish. Sweet. Yeah, somewhere around there. And then I also have um, Colossal Con. And then I have Colossal Con East. Oh, also, uh, if you are a fan of Alejandro Saab, I doubt you know who that is if you're listening to this podcast, Lamau. Um, he and I will be guesting at um, MomoCon in Atlanta, Georgia in May. So come see us. Nice. Come enjoy the sunshine and uh, come hang out with me. We can talk Titans. We can talk smack about the show. You can tell me why we're wrong for hating it. I would love to discuss. Um and I personally I, love how they kill people. Oh, God, I love how everyone is just so murderous. Uh, but, yeah, those are the cons that I'm going to be appearing at. Uh, if you're going to be at any of those, tweet at me, at Voice. Let me know you're coming. Uh, let me know that we're going to talk smack about this show together. And that's about it. All right. Well, I think that's it, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. You can find us on iTunes, uh, Spotify, and Podbean. Yep. I think we're on Anchor, Anchor, right? Yeah, Anchor's more like uh, where we upload it, though. Okay. You can find us in a bunch of places. Uh, if you're listening to this, you clearly already found us. But thank you for <laughs> listening all the same. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.